Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone, rest your cause upon Hello, Andrew. Hey there, Edwin. I am excited to talk more about John 13. It's all over your face. Is it? Yeah, that's right. Even covered up with this beard? Well, it, it, I'm discerning. I'm kind of reading through the... <laughs> Seeing the smile through the through there the forest is. there, <laughs> I, I I have to compliment you, man. That that beard has got some serious length. Well, we're getting there. You know, I'm I'm hoping to audition for Fiddler on the Roof in a couple of months. Okay. So I'm trying to I'm trying to get to my. Oh, you want to go all the way there? Trying with to get it. to my Fiddler on the Roof staff. Are you doing any of the oils or any of that yeah, stuff? Yeah, I with have it? to. I have to do that. Otherwise, do all it gets that. Itchy. Yeah. The regimen. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we won't give too many of your secrets away. No, no, uh-uh. <laughs> no. This, that's, that's a different podcast. How about you read John 13 for us? All right. John 13, going to pick up in verse 12, going to read 12 through 30 from the New King James Version. So when he had washed their feet, taken his garments and sat down again, he said to them, do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. I do not speak concerning all of you. I know whom I have chosen, but that the scripture may be fulfilled. He who eats bread with me has lifted up his heel against me. Now I tell you before it comes, that when it does come to pass, you may believe that I am he. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who receives whomever I send receives me, and he who receives me receives him who sent me. When Jesus had said these things, he was troubled in spirit and testified and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, One of you will betray me. Then the disciples looked at one another, perplexed about whom he spoke. Now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom one of his disciples, whom Jesus loved. Simon Peter therefore motioned to him to ask who it was of whom he spoke. Then, leaning back on Jesus' breast, he said to him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, It is he to whom I shall give a piece of bread when I have dipped it. And having dipped the bread, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. Now, after the piece of bread, Satan entered him. Then Jesus said to him, What you do, do quickly. But no one at the table knew for what reason he said this to him. For some thought, because Judas had the money box that Jesus had said to him, Buy those things we need for the feast, or that he should give something to the poor. Having received the piece of bread... He then went out immediately, and it was night. Perhaps we should clarify some things here, Andrew, to make sure we're understanding the picture as it should be in our minds. Here we're in this feast. It's this Last Supper, as we often refer to it. It does not look anything like Leonardo da Vinci's painting, The Last Supper. Well, I I don't know if that's true, but okay. It's absolutely (laughs) true. It's 100% true. 100% true. It doesn't look like that at all. No, it doesn't look like that at all. Okay, 
uh, that first of all, even if they used tables and sat like that, mm-hmm. um, you know, that old, that old joke where like, Hey, everybody get on one side of the on table. I'm going to take table. a picture. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they would have been all the way around the table. Right. But my understanding is that even just the way they would, uh, the, their furniture was different than ours and the way they ate would mm-hmm. be different than the way we would eat. We set up against, I mean, like you and I are right now, we've got this table. It's what, yeah. two or three feet high. We're sitting in chairs. Up, up against we're, the table. We're not all kind of reclining against each other. Right. Yeah, that's a very different way to sit. My understanding is that a table at which a family would eat at this time in the first century would be six to eight inches off the ground, not very high up at mm-hmm. all. And rather than sitting at a chair up at a table, what they would do is they would recline, they would lay out. So it's like a, their, their feet are laid out away from the table. They're on one side, propped up on one of their elbows and using their free hand to eat. And so when it talks about John, I believe this is John here that is in Jesus' bosom. The reason right. why he's in Jesus' bosom is because if he's going to talk to Jesus, he's going to lean back. Can we make talk to him. And since uh, nobody has video, they can't see what I'm doing. But uh, they would lean back and it would be up against the side of Jesus. And so that's that's this issue of being in his breast, being in his bosom. By the way, the I think the word here for bosom, the other time this is used in Scripture, is that story about Lazarus and the rich man. In Luke 16. When it has Lazarus in the bosom of Abraham. I think what we're supposed to see in that picture is not the very common pictures we see of Abraham giving Lazarus a big hug, mm-hmm. but rather they are at the feast okay. and Lazarus reclining is there. reclining up against Abraham's bosom. It's yeah. that it's that feast that we find in other judgment stories. I think that's what's actually supposed to be going on when, when we see that story. It's this very picture we have here. The, the drawing this out, you know, and helping us to get the picture, I think is so helpful. I find the sight lines interesting. You know, Peter's like motioning to yeah. John. Hey, what, what's this about? What's he talking about? Right. And, you know, when, when fellows are s- sitting around talking even today, e- even as you, you know, paint the picture of maybe different logistically how they're sitting. But I mean, there's little conversations going on at a table, 12 people, and, yeah. you know, someone's speaking, someone's laughing. There's a little bit of uh, camaraderie going sure, on. Sure. One conversation at one end of the table, a different conversation at the other end I of the mean, table. Exactly. Exactly. But Peter's close by Jesus and him and John are kind of... Uh, what? Now, what did he just say? Well, right. What would you ask about that? Yes, yeah. absolutely. And so, of course, we've we've even talked about that earlier in the week, that Jesus makes this comment, and nobody thinks, oh, it's Judas. It must be Judas. Obviously, we've, we've all been questioning Judas. Everybody's like, wait, who is this? And even when Jesus clearly explains, I, I mean, as I read this story, I'm like, how, how can you not understand? He says, you know, I'm going to dip this bread in this juice. I'm going to mm-hmm. hand it to the guy, and he's the guy. Yeah. And he does it, and they're like, wait, why did he do that? He says, what you do, do quickly. Wait, what? What? What's going on here? Yeah, and they're thinking that he must have some other uh, task for Judas in mind. Yeah. He must have given some other orders or something. And so it's it's to us, it seems absolutely clear. But even to the folks there, it's they, they have no idea. Mm-hmm. Again, that just shows Judas' place among the 12. Yeah, he was absolutely. not... He was not on the outside. He wasn't considered the weak one. He wasn't considered the one on the periphery. Oh, you know, if there's ever going to be a problem, it's going to be him. There, there was never that. So all of the information that John gives us in this book about Judas and how he was behaving is stuff that John would have learned later. Mm-hmm. And now he's bringing it to us as yeah. we're reading this gospel. Yeah. And we find here Judas has it's already entered his heart. John didn't know that while they were sitting there eating. He learned that later, that right. timing. He says it's, it's entered into his heart. But now... I think about as Jesus is talking about 
the betrayal. The betrayal, yeah. He brings to mind a Bible passage, mm-hmm. Psalm 41 and verse 9. Mm-hmm. He, he, he talks about in Psalm 41 and verse 9, it says, Even my close friend in whom I trusted, right. who ate my bread, has lifted his heel against me. Yeah. Jesus yeah. brings that passage up and is pointing out that this passage is going to be fulfilled. The one who eats bread with me. And it's not it's not a prophecy of there's going to be this moment at a feast of Passover where Jesus is going to hand him a piece of bread and he's going to eat it. It's just about the fact that this is a companion. This is somebody who spends time with the Messiah. Right. This is someone who is, is in companionship and together. And there is, as people often call it, the table fellowship that they have with one another. And they do eat and have meals together. It's, it's, that's how close we are. That, that, it's that guy. It's well, going to do this. And we've talked about hospitality a couple of times this week as an exercise of a good work, but that is facilitating that type of fellowship, close fellowship, right? And so you don't have your enemies up against your bosom, right? right. So Well, and, and what an awful betrayal it is. I mean, it's one thing for... Uh, for me to confess or testify against some guy who's like, yeah, some guy on the street, I saw him doing that. Yeah, that's the guy you're looking for. It's completely different if I were to do that for you. We right. eat together. We have a relationship together. And especially if I'm using our very relationship together against you. Right. And that's what Judas is doing here. His knowledge of Jesus and where Jesus would be and the places Jesus would go and the places he spent with his disciples. Judas is using all of that knowledge that he has mm-hmm. as a close companion mm-hmm. to be able to allow the the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the council to send right the the soldiers and the the yeah. folks who are coming against him to know right where they're going to go. Yeah. And of course, I mean, we'll, we'll get later at the actual betrayal itself, but uh, th- and that's that's what all is being set up here. So he uses Psalm 41, 9. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, well, I was going to say about that to, to the psalm, this idea of lifting up the heel mm-hmm. against him, um, a, a sign of disrespect, I guess. Yeah. A sign of uh, what? Abuse? Kind of like the idea of crushing the head of the serpent with the heel. Yeah, I think there is that. And it, it is an interesting thing because we it does call to mind that early, early promise that the heel will be bruised of the seed of woman, but the head of the serpent will be crushed. And now we're hearing about a heel being lifted up. That seems kind of reverse of that promise. And then Jesus yeah. even brings that promise to himself and what's going on here. So there's no doubt we think about about that whole promise all the way from the beginning But then there's something else that's even just closer in the context that all of a sudden grabs our attention. He pulls out a verse that mentions the heel of a foot. And what had Jesus just done? He had just washed all their feet and taught them, you need to wash one another's. Yeah. So here is this heel that is about to be lifted against him. And Jesus knows it's about to be lifted against him. And what does he do anyway? Mm. He washes it. it. We talked early on in the week about how the chapter begins, that Jesus loved them to the end. All the things that he knew about Mm. them, all the things Mm -hmm. that he had dealt with with them. And yet he still loved them till the end. Peter's going to deny him three times. And Peter even argues with him in this whole process. Yeah. That's, it. That's even in this chapter, isn't it? He'll deny me three times. And Jesus washes his feet. Mm-hmm. Judas is going to betray him. He knows he's going to betray him. He washes his foot. Mm-hmm. I so wish, I so desperately wish that Judas, after he had come to his senses, when he realized that he had betrayed innocent blood, I, I just, I long for and wish that what he had remembered is Jesus washing his feet. 
that he, he could have remembered Jesus knew I was going to do this. He knew I was going to do this and he washed my foot anyway. Mm. Maybe I can go back to him. Maybe I can go back to him. Mm. I mean, even if it was just a maybe, even if it was just a maybe and he just tried, Mm. but no, he, he didn't, he didn't recall that. That's not what came to his mind. Instead, all he could think of is I've done this terrible thing and what do I deserve? I deserve death. Mm -hmm. And so he took his own hand against himself. Yeah. Yeah. Hopelessness, sorrow, desperation. Here's, here's the thing. We talked earlier in the week about Peter and not understanding Jesus. And when, when he makes the comment about you're not, you know, I won't let you wash my feet. And Jesus said this, if I don't wash you, you have no part in me. Mm -hmm. And when we talked about that, we mentioned the idea that if I can't grasp a serving savior, a serving, sacrificing savior, I will not be able to take part in Jesus. Now, Peter grasped it. Peter Mm -hmm. ultimately understood, and he did return to the Lord. I think what we're seeing in Judas when we get to after the betrayal, he, he didn't get it. He did not understand. He could not fathom the idea of a Savior that would get down on his hands and knees and wash the feet, who would be grimy and, and would be, would be, uh, well, would be humiliated mm-hmm. in order to save him. And so all he could fathom is that he needed to do something. He needed to take matters into his own hands. He, he was shamed. And, you know, in that culture, yeah. when, you, when you perform an action like that kind of shame, uh-huh. very common, the idea was the only way to get out of it. Is I'm gonna have yeah. to I'm gonna have to do something about this, and that's what we see happening with Judas. It's very sad to me. It is if he just could have remembered. And I guess I just want to say to you and me and everybody who's listening, I don't know what all of us have done, but I want you to know Jesus washes feet. He washes the heel that is raised against him. If you mm-hmm. have raised your heel against Jesus, don't give up. Mm-hmm. Come back to him. He washes those feet, Amen. and we would love for you to return. And so we want to wrap up here with a prayer. Holy God, thank you so much for the day you've given us and for this discussion that we've had thinking about Judas. It breaks my heart, absolutely breaks my heart. And I know it breaks your heart more than it does mine. The recognition that he could have found forgiveness and cleansing by your son, but he rejected it. And I think of so many today who could find cleansing and salvation from your son, but are rejecting it. Because they, they can't, can't allow themselves to be served by the king. And I know there's different approaches to that and different mental states that produce that. I pray that you would help us get the message out about Jesus who washes feet, who, who washes even the heels that are lifted against him, and that folks will come to him and allow the cleansing that he offers. Let this message get to whoever needs to hear that today. It is through your son Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song, You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. 
Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.